This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, I saw this story today, though, and I immediately thought of our next guest. Because I think she's been spending a lot of time trying to warn us that we're becoming a little too paranoid as a society. We sit back and wonder, why is it the kids don't run around like they used to? Why do we have so many helicopter parents? And the answer seems kind of obvious. We're just really paranoid. We think there are monsters looking around every corner. If you uh, take your eyes off your kids for a second, someone's going to run by and snatch them up. And I think this story speaks to that paranoia. A man in Florida was beaten and smeared on social media as being a child predator after he tried to help reunite a toddler with her parents. On Saturday, police responded to a disturbance at a sports complex after a two-year-old wandered away from her parents during a softball game. According to police, a citizen who was at the game visiting some friends saw the child walking alone, assumed the child was lost. A statement from police reads, quote, The citizen attempted to ask the girl where her parents were and walked with her in hopes that she could point them out. At least one independent witness stated they observed the citizen walking with the child, trying to help find her parents. Rather than say thanks, uh, this happened. The man got beat up. It continued uh, the cyber attack on on social media as pictures of this guy were taken, posted, smeared him as a a child predator. All right, let's get Lenore Skenazian here. She is uh, the founder of Free Range Kids, freerangekids.com, also contributor at reason.com. Lenore, great to have you back with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Rob. I'm so glad you explained that story perfectly. I'm really glad that everybody gets what it is. <laughs> yeah, and maybe we shouldn't be surprised, should we? Well, here's what happened. Um, obviously, the father assumed the worst, although how many predators do you know who bring the child to the parents? Yeah. You know, It's like got it wrong to begin with. But it reminded me, and I don't know if other people have been bringing this up, but about 10 years ago there was a similar story, really sad, in England where a man once again saw a two-year-old on the side of the road. He was driving by, and he thought, wow, that kid is lost. And he thought, well, I could pick her up and put her in my car and drive around trying to find her parents, but what if I do? What does it look like? You know, I'll have me, a single man, in a car with a two-year-old I picked up in my car. So he kept driving, and the child unfortunately kept toddling and ended up drowning in um, a pond that was near the side of the road. And so that was a sort of cautionary tale, like, my God, we have to remember that first try to save children. But obviously, the, the fear is not unwarranted. I mean, this, this good Samaritan who was trying to reunite the kid with the lost child with the parents, thank goodness there was a witness who said, wait a minute, I saw him going up to parents and saying, is this your kid? And trying to get the kid to say, you know, where her parents were, or what their, what their names were, but a two-year-old is going to be hard. Um, if there had been no witness, and he had been trying to explain himself, 
I'm not sure anybody, you know, would have given him the benefit of the doubt. And so at Free Range Kids, like my alternate name for Free Range Kids in my mind is the Benefit of the Doubt organization because most people are good and most people are not predators and certainly most people are not grabbing two-year-olds in full sight of people at a ball game and taking them uh, for their own. It's it's a fantasy um, that is, thank God, extremely rare in real life. Let me ask you this question. Do you think it would have been different if it uh, had been a woman? I think it might have been, yeah. Uh, I think that people are certainly more willing to give women the benefit of the doubt when it comes to helping a child. But I don't want any human to feel as if they're being judged first as a predator and second as maybe an okay human being who's maybe trying to help a kid. Most of us dearly want to help the young of our species. And to assume the opposite, that most of us are out to hurt children and it's only the rare person who would do something nice enough to try to find a, you know, help a lost child is, is flipped absolutely wrong in terms of numbers and in terms of humanity. Right, and it speaks to this this paranoia. Now, you had a piece recently about you know these these fears around the ice cream man that the ice cream oh, man is just man. looking to sell treats to kids that they must be uh, plotting to to abduct our children. We we well, just see well, these at, bad men everywhere. Right, it's seeing bad men everywhere, and I think the, the key there again is men. I mean, and it's men interacting with children. It's not that all men are terrible, but the minute a man wants to work in a daycare center or sell ice cream or you know, teach music lessons. I had a woman who wrote to me that her daughter was taking lessons from this retired man at the local community center. I can't remember what instrument it was, but I think it was viola, whatever. And a friend asked, well, why do you think he wants to teach children? And it's like, if that's your first thought about any male who cares about children or likes being around them, that is, you're the pervert, right? Yeah. You're thinking quite perversely about uh, men and humanity. And and really, the great majority of people are decent human beings. And, and we can't keep going. It's what I call worst first thinking. You can't go to the worst case scenario first and proceed as if it's likely to happen. That's a, a paranoid, crazy way to live your life. Well, yeah, my son's just finishing fifth grade. Uh, he, for the first time, had a male teacher this year, and, you know, mm-hmm. he was terrific, and he loved mm-hmm. him, and it was great. But it's just, you know, there's pr- probably a lot fewer male teachers now because uh, part of that fear, I don't want people to suspect these things. I don't want something to be interpreted the wrong way, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm a sex offender. Right. Well, I think it's affecting teachers, male and female, but, of course, male more. But I, I, I think that a lot of teachers are worried that they're just one accusation away from having their reputation smeared and their their job disappear. I'm here at a summer camp for the summer. I mean, I'm living across the street from one of my friends. Daughter is a a counselor in training. And not only do they have to take even the eight-year-olds to the bathroom because of, I don't know, legal liability, God forbid an eight-year-old should get lost in the hundred feet from from the ball field to the bathroom, but she has to make sure that somebody sees that she's taking the child. And so that it's legitimate, that it's not that she's sneaking off with this child to molest them. And and I've heard of some, Boy, I can't remember if it's Boy Scout or Girl Scout troop, where it's two adults now have to go with. So if one was going to molest the kid while taking them to the bathroom, the other one can turn them in. So it's it's just these layer upon layer of distrust and really thinking like you're watching a Law & Order episode when you're just watching regular life and kids go to the bathroom and it's that's not that big a deal. So uh, it's disturbing that we 
are sort of excited about living in these really super dangerous times when we should be really grateful that we're living in the safest times in human history. Our, the crime rate in America is back to what it was in 1963, and in your country it's at 25 year low. So yeah. rejoice. Well, we should. I mean, but that's that's not to be totally apathetic. I, I get that there are bad people out there. I mean, wh- where's the balance between, you know, being paranoid oh, and being completely apathetic? It's sort of like, do you want to, you know, take your child across the street until they're 25 holding their hand, or do you teach them to look both ways and to learn to be good at crossing the street? I think the same thing goes with the fear and the reality that some bad, quote-unquote, bad people are out there. And so because you can't supervise and background check and hover over every time your child is going to be around an adult, what you do is you prepare the child. You teach them. This is what the Boy Scouts teach kids now. It's the three R's. My kids learned them in Scouts. Recognize. You teach your kids. Recognize. Nobody can touch you where your bathing suit covers. Nobody can touch you without your permission. Uh, Resist. If somebody tries to do that, kick, scream, yell. You don't have to be nice. You know, run away. And finally, report. If something weird or disturbing does happen, if somebody tells you, no, you know, this is a secret between me and you, don't tell your parents, do tell me, and I won't be mad at you, okay? Nothing bad is going to happen. So you're trying to take away the, you know, most predators are not people on the ball field when there's hundreds of families around a, a softball game at night. Predators are generally people who your child knows one way or another, 90 to some, over 90%. So, mm-hmm. so what you do is you, instead of saying, stranger danger and and, uh, be scared of every male, teach them what males and females can't do. They can't touch you. If they do, you can scream, run, or kick. And if anything bad happens or disturbing happens, talk to me and I won't be mad at you. And those things are going to keep your child so much safer than looking at everybody around and thinking, who's out to kill my kid? You know, we've talked before about how, how stories in the media can can amplify these dangers in the minds of parents. I wonder when it comes to issues like this, if politicians do as well, because oh, no sure. politician can go wrong by saying, you know, we're going to crack down on, on sex offenders. Does it make the problem seem worse than it is? Not only does it make the problem seem worse than it is, it makes the laws worse than they are. In America, I'm not sure what you have the same ones as uh, as we do. We have a lot of rules for if you were ever convicted of a sex offense, and that can be anything from raping a seven-year-old to sending a sex to your 14-year-old girlfriend when you're 15. So it's the gamut of people are all lumped together as quote-unquote sex offenders. And then because in our minds they've all done the same thing, which is the thing that this man thought was happening in front of him, that taken a child you know, snatched a child from a playground, um, we start making laws like no sex offender can live within a thousand feet of a playground or a daycare center. And these laws are, 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 first of all, they don't do any good. There's no, you know, people who study the effect of these laws have seen no rise or decline in sex crimes before or after these laws were passed. So they're not making children any safer, but what they are doing is destabilizing anybody who's coming back to the community after perhaps having served time. And the one thing that makes people less likely to commit a new crime is if they're in a stable situation. They are living back with their family. Um, They're, you know, they're they're in a home that they can afford. They're not living um, under a bridge in Florida, which is like the only place that sex offenders um, can legally live in Miami now because everything else is too close to a, a school or a playground. So by making, you know, by 
when politicians say you're never safe and I'm going to keep your kids safe by passing yet another law against sex offenders and they don't re research whether the laws make any sense or actually make kids safer, um, they're not making kids safer and they're grandstanding and they're terrifying us because we start thinking that predators are all around and they're all going to come to the playground and, and snatch our kids, which is not, it's, it's a rare crime indeed. Yeah, great point. We'll leave it there. Uh, more at freerangekids.com. Uh, your piece on the, the ice cream man for years uh, at uh, reason.com. Lenora, great having you with us as always. Thanks for joining us here. Oh, thank you, Rob. Take care. Lenora Skenazy, founder of uh, the Free Range Kids movement, freerangekids.com, a contributor at reason.com as well. Uh, yeah, her piece uh, recently, this <laughs> great headline they put on it. Predator with a popsicle. We all scream for the ice cream man's head. And she says the idea that ice cream men cruise around looking for victims is simply an urban myth. But it's just that notion that, what's that stranger doing talking to my kid? Must be up to no good. And yet, you know, and, and I, I, you see that from both sides. I remember once, you know, a few years ago, my kid would have been three or four, I think. It was a playground near our house. It was a nice day. We went out. I'm on the bench. He's playing in the playground. All of a sudden, it's recess. All the kids come out. Uh, now I got this teacher coming up to me. Well, who are you? What are you doing here? What are you sitting here for? And at the same time, I okay, well, I guess I understand why they're asking, but but really, you know, so, yeah, there is, is that fear. I mean, even just last night, my wife and I were up walking the dog, and my wife had the dog, and these kids, three young kids out walking, they all wanted to stop and ask about the dog and wanted to pet the dog. I remember thinking, like, if I had just, if it had just been me by myself walking the dog, that would just, that might seem creepy, that might seem weird to people. Who's that guy? What's he doing? So, yeah, are we a little too paranoid? Certainly this guy in Florida, it's hard to conclude anything but. You really think that, that someone who's a predator is going to walk up to him and ask, is this your child? That that's the first thing he assumed. Well, there's a stranger with my child. Must be uh, an evil pred predator, kidnapper person. Uh, my child's in imminent danger. Let's attack. So apparently now, as the Washington Post reports today, this guy left the community. It's Lakeland, Florida. He fears for his safety, the safety of his family. The, the, the kid's dad, by the way, still is convinced that something evil was, was afoot. So first they beat the crap out of the guy, then they took pictures of him, then they put on social media, watch out for this guy, he's a child predator. Keep your kids locked up. What's the message to everybody else? Don't ever talk to anybody else's kid ever. If you think a kid looks lost or in danger, best to just keep looking straight ahead and don't do anything. Wouldn't you want that? If somehow your two-year-old got away, wouldn't you rather have a nice, kind stranger? Say, oh, are you lost? Where, where were your parents? Where's your mom and dad? Let's see if we can find them. So yeah, that, that's really awful. As the Lakeland Police Department even said that citizens, quote, should be careful about what you post on social media so as not to victimize an innocent person. Before posting information on matters such as this, we encourage people to identify the source and validity of such claims before sharing them. And we do that. We think we're doing a great cause. So if someone puts a picture on Facebook, this guy tried to abduct my two-year-old from the park, spread this around, this guy's a monster. Most people be, oh, well, yeah, click, got to share that without saying, well, wait a sec, what's going on here? And it just goes and goes and goes. Then what do you do? How do you undo all of that? Is the guy going to go around and sue the thousands of different people who all clicked share on the, the Facebook post? So I get that we want to be vigilant. I get that if there are legitimately bad people out there, we want to deal with them. But if it's to the point where we just assume everybody's bad, 
If that's our going assumption, then what kind of a society have we created? Anyway, 403-974-TALK is our number, 974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.